You're listening to Old Man Metal's Musings, the official podcast of Old Man Metal. Old Man Metal's Musings is a proud part of the Rat Style Review Network. And now, without further ado... Hey, this is Old Man Metal. Hope everyone's doing well, and welcome to the 10th episode of Old Man Metal's Musings, the official podcast of Old Man Metal. And today we're going to review three different high-tension hot sauces from the Heat Hot Sauce Shop Sauce of the Month Club. And then, after I burned myself to an absolute crisp reviewing three hot sauces in a row, we're going to close out the episode with my first-ever full-length music video for a track off of Grave Ripper's debut EP, which is entitled Complete Blinding Darkness. I've been doing 30 to 60 second videos to accompany music clips since the very first episode of the show, which has a record five copyright claims against it. But I've never tackled an entire song, which is a bit more of an undertaking. And this really is the coolest thing I've done since I started learning how to edit video last year. And I learned a lot doing it, so be sure to check it out after the hot sauce segments. Before all that, we're going to check out our show beer, which is Torch Pilsner from Foothills Brewing Company in Winston. So thank you for joining me today, and thanks to everyone who watched the last episode. We looked at one of my COVID beer hauls and a lot of great Carolina beer, and then we checked out my first two attempts at pan and zoom animation in the form of a pair of music video clips from Red Dead and AJ Nemesis. So check that out if you haven't seen it. As always, I want to say thanks to AJ Nemesis for the theme music. That's a song of his called Through the Electric Mist. And I want to thank Rat Salad Review Network for their support. We'll take a quick look at some of the other podcasts on the network at the end of the episode. Now we're going to take a quick look at today's show beer, and that's Torch Pilsner from Foothills Brewing Company in Winston-Salem. Get this coffee out of the way. And Torch is classed as a Czech Pilsner on beer advocate, which makes sense. It uses the classic Czech noble hop strain saws. But in all honesty, to me, it comes across more like a northern German Pilsner. It's a lighter pale gold color, and the hop bitterness is razor sharp. That's actually a distinguishing characteristic of Torch. And the lighter malt character reminds me more of a German Pilsner as well. Regardless of how you class it, it's a very hop-forward beer with that distinctive earthy, floral, spicy, noble hop character and considerably sharp bitterness, but the malt holds up its end of things, too. It's a nice cookie dough and lemon combination on the nose and bready and slightly sweet on the palate with distinctive apple notes that remind me a lot of an English ESB. Very importantly for the style, it has a good, crisp, assertive carbonation and it finishes really clean with just a bit of rebound bitterness. And it's great for wings, which is what we're going to use it for here today, since we're testing hot sauces. So let's take a look at this rascal. See what we got. just a beautiful, beautiful clear beer. Like I said, nice light gold color to it. Mm. 
Ah, that is just a really, really good beer. Um, drink a good bit of it. Mm. Definitely going to drink a good bit of it testing these wings. So cheers to the folks at Foothills for making it. Cheers to Lowe's Foods for stocking it for me to pick up. And cheers to you for being here to enjoy it with me. And I hope you're drinking a good beer right now. And by good beer, I mean a beer that you enjoy. So since I'm reviewing three hot sauces this time, in order to keep it fair to all of them, I'm actually going to shoot the segments on three consecutive days. And I'm doing it so that I don't get front-loaded on capsaicin on the first one and the next two don't seem as hot. I can't taste them and all that. Plus, it would probably kill me to do three in a row. So I'm going to shoot them on successive nights. I'm going to use Torch Pilsner for all of them. I've got plenty of it, and I'm going to use as much as I need, so no worries there. And with that said... Let's get to that first hot sauce. So the first hot sauce we're going to try is Three Kings from Big Red's Hot Sauce. Big Red's Hot Sauce is a family-owned company. It was started in Phoenix, Arizona in 2011 by Paul and Tasia Ford. After Paul did an inspirational stint in Afghanistan drilling wells to provide water for U.S. troops, the couple went all in and pursued their dreams because, as Paul says, dreams become goals, goals become reality. Their determination and entrepreneurial zeal paid off, as it is wont to do, and today they have about a dozen award-winning sauces, from Big Red's original sauce to green chili avocado to big yellow sauce, which is a tropical mango mustard, and our current subject, Three Kings Sauce. If you know your chili pods, it's not too difficult to figure out who the Three Kings are from looking at the label art, but if you're in doubt, the side panel makes it clear. The Three Kings are the Ghost Pepper, certified by Guinness as the hottest pepper in the world in 2007, the Trinidad Scorpion, the last of three peppers to be certified by Guinness during a very busy 2011, and the Carolina Reaper, which is the last pepper to be certified by Guinness as hottest in the world back in 2013. Of course, that doesn't mean the Carolina Reaper is the hottest pepper in the world, just that it's the hottest pepper certified by Guinness, and that's a contentious subject in and of itself. So let's take a closer look at those three kings. First up is the Boot Jalokia, or Ghost Pepper, and that's a land-race Capsicum Chinense, Capsicum Frutisans hybrid, and it held the Guinness World Record for hottest pepper from 2007 until 2011, when it was displaced by Nick Wood's Infinity Pepper. It's officially rated a little bit over 1 million Scoville heat units, and it's actively cultivated under various names in northeast India for culinary use. It's a naturally occurring example of a class of peppers called superhots, and they can store capsaicin not just in the placental membranes that hold the seeds, like normal peppers do, they can also hold capsaicin on the pericarp tissue, and that's the inner surface of the pepper. So superhots can get much hotter than normal peppers simply because they've got more places to store capsaicin. The ghost pepper has become wildly popular in the U.S. since Paul Boslin brought it back from India in 2001. So popular that if you ask the average American what the hottest pepper in the world is, most of them would probably say ghost pepper, if they didn't say habanero. The second of the three kings, the one that took the throne of the ghost king, is the Trinidad scorpion. And that's a varietal of Capsicum chinense that's native to Trinidad and Tobago. And their traditional Trinidad scorpion is about equal to a hot orange hob maybe 300,000 Scoville, but there are some strains of the scorpion that are legit super hots, like the Butch T. Scorpion, which ranges from 800,000 to a million and a half Scoville, and the Trinidad Maruga Scorpion, which ranges from 1.2 to 2 million Scoville. 
The Butch T was the strain that Guinness certified in 2011, and the Maruga Scorpion was certified by Hottest Pepper in the World by the Chili Pepper Institute in 2013, clocking in at 2 million Scoville. And that was the first pepper to break the 2 million Scoville barrier. <clears throat> As that which rises must also fall, King Scorpion was displaced by King Reaper, and that's the infamous Carolina Reaper. And that's a capsicum chinense hybrid developed by Ed Curry, who is the owner of Puckerbutt Pepper Company in Fort Mill, South Carolina. And the Carolina Reaper is a cross of the Lasu Frere pepper from St. Vincent and the Pakistani Naga Viper pepper. And the sample tested for Guinness clocked in at a little bit over 1.6 million Scoville heat units. The Carolina Reaper was also the basis for the 2019 release of the infamous Packy One Chip Challenge, which I tackled in Episode 4, so if you haven't watched that, you should check it out. I've got a bit of experience with this particular beast. The name of the game with the Carolina Reaper is Creep. It doesn't hit you at first, but when it does, you've had it. Until then, you get to enjoy the sweet, fruity flavor that the Chinenses are known for. So in this particular hot sauce, we've got three legit super hots. What else is in there? Well, for one, Big Reds makes Arizona-style hot sauces that aren't vinegar-based. They may contain a bit of vinegar, but one look at the ingredient list and vinegar's position on it, and you can see that this sauce is more about tomato and big, bold flavors than it is vinegar. So let's take a look at those ingredients now. The leading ingredient is our carrier, and that's water, and that means that there's more water in the sauce than anything else. The second ingredient is ghost pepper mash. So this is a mashed sauce or a fermented sauce, or at least the pepper base or part of the pepper base has been. Um, and then the third ingredient is tomato paste, and that gets back to what I said about Arizona style being a tomato-based sauce, which is a little bit different from a lot of the different hot sauce styles out there. The fourth ingredient is carrots, and carrots are not uncommonly used in hot sauces. One for flavor and two is a source of natural sweetness. In this case, they're going to play off of that tomato paste and help cut that acidity some. The next ingredient is chipotle peppers, and as we all know, those are going to bring some wonderful smoke notes with them. Probably, excuse me, probably not a whole lot of heat relative to the other peppers that are in there, but it's going to bring some good smoke to it. The next ingredient is brown sugar, and that's going to provide some more sweetness to offset the, uh, the acidity of the tomato paste. And it's also going to give us some, probably some maybe caramel notes because brown sugar is caramelized sugar. Uh, the next ingredient is garlic powder, and garlic is absolutely mandatory in hot sauces. Um, you pretty much can't make a hot sauce without garlic. I'm not saying it's absolutely impossible, but you don't normally see it. And then we've got two more carriers, um, and these are lower down in the ingredient list, so the lemon juice and the apple cider vinegar are probably going to play just as much of a flavor role as they do a carrier role. Again, the primary carrier is probably going to be water. Then we get to the other two big king peppers, the reaper pepper and the scorpion pepper, and um, those are about midway down, so there's not as much of them as the ghost pepper mash, but they're still not all the way down on the list, so there's still a good amount of them. The whole next slew of ingredients is just flavor, onion powder, sea salt, paprika, black pepper, cayenne pepper, cumin, olive oil. The olive oil is probably not flavor. That's probably more to change the solubility, help stabilize the sauce, help some of the things stay together. And then the last four are, again, um, getting into some different flavor, liquid smoke. So again, with the chipotle, we're going to expect there to be a, probably some pretty good smoke notes in this thing. 
Hibiscus flower, as far down as we are on the list, the hibiscus flower may be as much for color as it is anything else. I doubt you're going to pick up the flavor from the hibiscus flower and all this, but given that it doesn't have any uh, artificial colors in it, uh, hibiscus flower is a good way to get uh, one particular shade of uh, purplish red. So that's probably what that's in there for. Um, coffee extract at the very bottom, again, that's going to give us some roast notes, um, probably maybe some coffee notes will show through, but they'll build with the other ro roast notes that we've got in there. And then the last ingredient, which means it's also present in the smallest proportion, is organic chia seed powder, and I'm guessing that's probably in there as a thickener. <clears throat> All that said, let's see what the heck we've got. guys know how we do this. Got me a plate of wings here to work with. We'll take a look at the sauce first though. And I've been looking forward to trying this one. Been looking forward to trying all three of these to be honest with you, but I'm looking forward to this one in particular just because it has so many different sources of potential flavor in it also expecting it's probably going to be pretty freaking hot, but that's cool too. So, put on my old man glasses so I can see what I'm doing a little bit better. Uh, well, definitely get the ghost pepper notes and the smoke notes. Oh, wow, this stuff is thick. Okay. I say it's thick. It's just jammed up right here in the mouth of the bottle. It doesn't want to come out. There we go. There we go. So you can see this stuff is pretty daggum thick. You can see that from how it pours and you can see it from how it's sitting in the spoon too. It's not leveling out. It's just sort of sitting there the way I poured it. So, um, looking at it, it's a, it's a nice dark reddish flavor about the color you'd expect from hot sauce. We see some some little specks and other particulate in it, um, which is uh, not surprising. You're usually going to see a little bit of a little bit of solids in any given sauce. And that's got a good bit of smoke. You definitely can smell the ghost peppers. That's probably the predominant thing that I'm getting. Um, some savory garlicky notes. Um, really doesn't smell as complex as you might think it would, but then again, ghost pepper is sort of tough to get over. One thing I don't get is a big vinegar tang, which given the fact that this has not got as much vinegar in it, it's not a vinegar-based sauce, I probably would expect that to be the case. Um, it's got a good, nice smell. Again, I think uh, ghost pepper is mostly what I get on the nose. So let's see what happens. When we taste this stuff, get a good looking wing here. Just 
pour a little bit on there. And we'll do what I've done before. I'm going to try to cover the mic so I don't sound too disgusting while I'm chewing on this. Mmm. 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 Wow. Well, first off, that's got a lot of flavor to it. Um, definitely a lot of the flavor notes in there come through. You definitely get the roast. Oh, the peppers are kicking in good now. That's the creep coming on. Um, you definitely get the ghost pepper flavor, the other flavors. Um, don't really pick up on the acidity from the tomato paste, so they've got that fairly well balanced out. Definitely get some a little bit of sweet. You definitely get the garlic. Um, a little bit of citrus notes, maybe, and that's probably from the lemon juice. Oh, God, this stuff is really lighting up. This stuff is hot. Um, but it's it's got it's got some good smoke to it, too. That's actually a really savory sauce. That's a good flavor sauce there. Um, let's get some more. I'm drooling on my laptop here. That probably void the warranty. Yeah, I get a good dose of it. Mm. My God, that is good, y'all. Until the heat kicks in, you can really taste it. Oh God, once the heat kicks in, though. Woo. It's not the hottest sauce I've ever had, but uh, for something that's not extract based, it's pretty hot. Um, the burn with three peppers, you would expect it's probably going to pretty much burn everywhere. Um, heavy on the front of the mouth, particularly the front half of my tongue is burning pretty good. I'm definitely sweating. Um, it is uh, what I call a cloying or an overpowering burn. Um, I've grown teppins, um, which grow naturally. I, I did some seed trading with a dude down in Texas years back, and I've grown teppins. And that's the kind of heat that teppins have. They just light you up, and you're just sitting there going, God, I wish this would quit. This is just overbearing, cloying. Um, that's the type of heat that this is. Not the back of the mouth so much. Um, the roof of my mouth is burning pretty good. Um, let's see how long it's going to last. It feels like it's going to last a pretty good amount of time. Um, I'm going to say heat-wise, that's probably probably about a seven and a half out of ten. It's definitely on up there. Um, it's intense. Uh, I'm saying now it's really centering on the, the front half of my tongue as much as anything else or more than anything else. So I'm going to say that's a pretty hot, damn hot sauce right there. It's got an absolutely wonderful flavor. I'm going to tell you that right now. Um, and now uh, you guys know i got to finish it. Oh, God, this is going to suck. This is going to kick my ass here. Yeah, it's okay though. What are we gonna do? Mm. Well, I'm done with that now. <laughs> That's one way to be done with a hot sauce. Knock the damn spoon down to the floor. Oh my God, y'all. Mm. 
that is good. That is a good flavored hot sauce. It is hot. Not the hottest thing I've ever had. Not stupid, stupid, unbearably hot, but that's a solid seven and a half. Mm. I can hear my pulse in my ears now. I'm sweating even more. Yep. I've had hotter sauces, but it's uh it's definitely not gonna disappoint you if you're looking for really hot sauce. This son of a bitch is hot. Whoo, it's really setting in good on the tongue now. So um big reds, three kings sauce. It's got the three kings, it's got the flavor, it's got the heat. This one, I'm going two thumbs up. Definitely recommended. So oh Lord. Well, let's see what happens with the next one. So the second sauce out of the shoot is Hellhound from Lucky Dog Hot Sauce. Lucky Dog was started by Scott Zalkine in Hayward, California in 2012 in order to make small batch artisanal hot sauces. That's him there with fellow hot sauce maven Danny Cash. As Scott puts it on the Lucky Dog website, his goal is to produce the most balanced, flavorful, versatile sauces possible with an emphasis on local sourcing. His nuanced approach brings a complex taste with respectable heat in what has become the hallmark of Lucky Dog hot sauces. The result is food's best friend. Starting in June of 2012, Scott turned a seven-year hobby into a profession, naming his new venture for his Black Lab Border Collie mix, Lucky. And over the last eight years, his hard work and dedication have grown Lucky Dog into an internationally known company that produces tens of thousands of bottles of hot sauce every year. Lucky Dog's hot sauces are consistent award winners, and the company reached peak recognition in 2019 when Scott's Year of the Dog Sauce was selected to be the number four sauce in the lineup for Season 9 of Hot Ones. Scott's secret to success? He won't sell a hot sauce unless it tastes good on pizza. So taking a look at Hellhound, which is this little rascal right here that we're going to take a look at. Taking a look at Hellhound, we see our old friend the Carolina Reaper again, sitting in third place on the ingredient list, so we know there's a lot of that in there. So we're going to expect this hot sauce to be a pretty hot sauce. The Reaper is actually listed as a parenthetical sublist of Carolina Reaper peppers, salt, and acetic acid. So it looks like the base heat in the sauce is actually from fermented pepper mash, just like it was in Big Red's Three King sauce that we just looked at. We also have jalapeno peppers in fifth place, but their contribution is going to be more flavor than heat, given the presence of the Reapers. The carrier, or main liquid component, is rice vinegar, which is made from fermented rice and is, on average, milder, sweeter, and less acidic than western vinegars. So Hellhound is not as likely to come across as vinegary as you might expect, given that the carrier is vinegar. Rounding out the top five ingredients, we have onion in the second slot, just ahead of the reaper mash, so that's a lot of onion. And we have water in fourth place, probably to give them some room to tweak the thickness of the final product in production without throwing out the throwing off the acidity by using more vinegar. The rest of the ingredients are all about flavor. We get a big double dose of garlic, both fresh and dry roasted. And flavor-wise, those are two completely different beasts. Down at the bottom of the list, there's even more garlic in the form of granulated garlic, which is the type that you would use to season with at home. And there's a cornucopia of different types of fruit, from citrus to tropical to palm fruit. We've got apple, tamarind, mango, and lime, and they bring a lot of different things to the table, from citric zestiness to tart caramel to mellow palm sweetness. And then we've got agave to bolster the sweetness of the apple and the mango, too. The bottom of the ingredient list is a pair of big flavor components, mustard flour, which is just ground mustard seed. It's also called powdered mustard, and black pepper. 
And in addition to adding flavor, mustard powder is a pretty effective thickener, so that's going to build the viscosity of the sauce to some extent, and it also provides a way to thicken the sauce in production if necessary. So, let's see how that all works out. Get a good shake on it. And this looks like it's maybe not as thick as the Three Kings was last night. You'll remember, or last night, shit, as far as you're concerned, it was two minutes ago. Um, you'll notice I had a, a bit of difficulty getting that to pour. It was really thick and didn't really want to come out of the bottle. And you can tell from looking at this, the viscosity's a good bit thinner. Um, so we're going to have to be careful with this because we know it's going to be hot. We'll take a look at it. See what it looks like. So you can see already it's a bit of a darker color than the big reds was. Oh, got that Reaper. And you look at that, that's got a, coming out of the bottle, that's got a fair amount of viscosity to it. Um, so I guess it's possible you could overpour it, but it's not like it's a water-thin liquid or anything like that. That's a pretty good viscosity probably for a sauce this hot. And um, you can see, um, like I said, it's a bit darker color than the last hot sauce that we looked at. Other than that, it looks about the same. I mean, most hot sauces usually do look fairly much the same. Oh, man. So, Reaper, number one, big time. Um, and that was something that picked up uh, the peppers on the, on the big reds as well. And you can definitely smell all that garlic, too, which is much garlic is in there. And smell the garlic and the onions. I don't smell any any acidity or any vinegar tang or anything like that. Um, but it's definitely got the Reaper flavor or the the Reaper smell. I'll assume it's got the Reaper flavor too. We're gonna find out about that. Well, spill it everywhere, so we'll start with this rascal right here. There's a big old line of that on there. Alrighty. Well, do it like this. Try to cover the mic like I promised you I would. Got that creep, that reaper creep. Still not burning. It's a coming. All right. So that's set in pretty good. 
So, um, Reaper Burn, again, sort of like what I got from, um, from the uh, Big Reg Three Kings. <sighs> Sitting in pretty good now. Um, predominantly front of the mouth, predominantly the tongue, the front half of the tongue. Um, it is the same cloying, overbearing type of heat. It's not like a bright burn or a, uh, like some peppers or like a lively burn. This is a kick-your-ass, beat-you-down burn. That's why I call it cloying. Um, I'm going to say this is not as hot as the um, big red sauce that we looked at, the Three Kings. It's actually not as hot by a pretty good margin. And that's not to say that it's not hot because I'm sweating. It's burning me pretty good. It's actually, I think most people who really, really like hot, hot sauces would find this to be a really, really good heat level for everyday use. Um, it's not something that's so intense that it's a challenge. That big red sauce is something that you could, you could whoop your ass with that pretty quick. Um, this, you can use a pretty good amount of it and get the flavor and still get a really, really, like what Scott said, that's a respectable burn. I'd, I'd say that's a great adjective for it. Um, so let's go back in and hit it up again. And um, the prettiest wings on the planet here. After sitting in the fridge overnight and being warmed over. But that's okay. You make sacrifices. Okay. And you know what? We can go ahead and do it up this time. And see what kind of flavors we can get other than the, the Reaper flavor and the garlic, because you definitely pick up on those. So, it's not a sweet sauce, but you definitely pick up on the sweetness of the fruit. Whew! It's got the back of my throat now. Um, you definitely pick up on the sweetness of the fruit. I think in particular it's the maybe that mellow sweetness from the apple I'm getting. Um, garlic. Um, you've got the, the flavor notes from the peppers. That was a better dose. That's setting in pretty good. Um... Definitely get the get the, the the roast notes, the smoke notes from the peppers. Um, whew. That is a really flavorful sauce. I got to say that would be good on all sorts of stuff. And it's uh, it's again, even though I just loaded myself up with it, it's burning me up a little bit more. It's still a, at least a notch below the uh, the big reds in terms of heat. I said the big reds was a seven and a half. I don't know. I hate to say six and a half. I hate to say it's a whole notch lower because I don't really think it is. It's it's a little bit lower, but it's fairly close. If I said seven and a half for the big reds, I'm gonna say probably seven for the heat on the Lucky Dog. Um, it's not as intense, um, but getting a good dose of it, it's not not intense either. Um, not quite as hot. I'm sweating pretty good. So. Flavor-wise, the amount of flavor, um, I'm going to give this an edge over the uh, over the Three Kings. I feel like um, it's just got so much garlic and so much onion and so much other stuff going on 
Um, Heat-wise, it's not quite as hot as the uh, as the uh, as the Red Dog sauce was. So um, that's what we've got there. Again, uh, Lucky Dog, Hellhound, and I'm gonna go ahead and say, just like what I said last night, for this sauce, two thumbs up. Our third and final hot sauce for this episode is from Volcanic Peppers. Volcanic Peppers was founded in 2009 in Omaha, Nebraska by Tim Bader, making three of three family-owned businesses for this episode. Volcanic Peppers, like Big Red's and Lucky Dog, grew out of a hobby, starting with homemade salsa and selling excess peppers at farmer's markets, and by 2015 it had grown into a 4,000 plant operation, churning out powders, hot sauces, and salsas, generating almost a quarter of a million dollars a year in sales. This year, Volcanic Peppers joined the role of companies that have had their sauces featured on the show Hot Ones when their Thor's Hammer sauce was selected for the number seven slot, clocking in at 121,000 Scoville heat units. And today we're going to be looking at one of their classic sauces, Lava Smoked Habanero Sauce. Looking at the pepper bill, we see this is another three pepper sauce. It starts off with that hot sauce mainstay, the habanero, and it's a smoked habanero in this case. And the smoked habanero is joined by another classic culinary pepper, the cayenne, which in this case is most likely being used for the flavor and not for heat because our third pepper is once again the infamous ghost pepper. And as we discussed earlier, that is a super hot land-race culinary that's native to India. All of these really flavorful traditional culinary peppers, right off the bat, we're going to expect a really flavorful sauce. Looking at the ingredient list, we see that the peppers combined make up the largest portion of the recipe, and the carriers combined make up the middle third. Those carriers are vinegar, lemon juice, and water, so we're going to expect some acidity and some citrus notes. Next, we've got sugar and salt, and between them, you've got control of the perceived acidity of the sauce. You use the sugar to balance the acidity to where you want it, and then you use the salt to counterbalance the sweetness from the sugar. Next, in the bottom of the three positions, you've got two hot sauce staples, garlic and onion, and you've pretty much got to have them. And in the last position, meaning that it comprises the smallest portion of the recipe, is xanthan gum, which is a thickener. Most commercially produced hot sauces will employ a thickener because there's always going to be batch-to-batch -batch variations in ingredients, measurements, things like that. Using a thickener lets you tweak the rheology on each batch so that you're putting out a consistent product. If a batch comes out too thin, you just sift in more thickener and remix it. And if a batch comes out too thick, you just thin it out by adding a little bit more of the carrier fluid and remixing it. And xanthan gum is a great thickener. It's very effective. It's easy to use. You can just sift it directly into the liquid while it's mixing, and it wets in really easily, unlike flour and a lot of other thickeners you might use. Just a small amount, a few tenths of a percent of water-thin sauce creates a nice bit of body. Look at Texas Peter Frank's Red Hot, for example. And it doesn't take much more than that to really thicken something up. One of the benefits of xanthan gum is that it creates solutions that are pseudoplastic or sheer thinning. Most fluids have the same viscosity whether they're at rest or in motion, and we call those Newtonian fluids. Shear thinning fluids actually decrease in viscosity the faster they're flowing. An example is modern house paint. The way it's formulated when it's at rest, it has a good bit of body so that it clings and doesn't sag. But when it's being sheared, for example, when you brush it, its viscosity decreases and it flows better, improving brushability. Until you stop brushing it, then it goes back to its resting viscosity. Aqueous solutions of xanthan gum act the same way. They can be quite thick in the bottle at rest, which helps with stability because the viscosity actually physically impedes separation. But when you go to shake the sauce out of the bottle, it temporarily thins from the shear, and you get a nice dash of hot sauce. 
The opposite of pseudoplastic is dilatant or shear thickening where the viscosity increases with shear and that's what you don't want for a sauce in a bottle. A solution of cornstarch in water, common example of a shear thickening fluid. So, let's see what Volcanic Peppers has for us today. And this is the little rascal here. Lava smoked habanero sauce. And put on the old man glasses so we can get a good look at it. And you can actually see some seeds in that. And that's some, something, a lot of hot sauces, sometimes you'll see seeds, sometimes you won't. Doesn't bother me one way or the other. I like pepper seeds, they don't bother me. So, that's what we've got right there. take a look at it see what we got so viscosity wise it looks like it's even thinner than the the hellhound from lucky dog actually no yeah the hellhound may be a little bit thicker but there's not it doesn't seem to be a huge difference there you remember the Big Red's Three Kings sauce was really thick, and I had some trouble getting it out of the bottle at first. So, ooh, shaker cap. All right, so this is something that we haven't seen on a lot of the hot sauces that I've tried, and I keep talking about it. And when I say shaker cap, that right there is what I mean. It's that little cap that has a smaller hole in it, limits how much of the sauce you can shake out keeps you from kicking your ass too bad with it. And normally when you see a shaker top on a thicker sauce like this, that's telling you something. So we're going to take that off because we want to be able to pour it. I shouldn't do that. That's cheating. Yeah, that actually does pour a bit quicker than the Lucky Dog did, than the Hellhound. So shaker cap on this one, probably a pretty good idea. And I'm going to show you what I was talking about, about getting a good little dash. As thick as that is, you go to shake it. You can even see, you can tell when I shake it, when it comes out, it it's, comes out thin. And then as soon as it hits, it gets its body back. So that's that pseudoplasticity I was talking about. So... <clears throat> Viscosity-wise, it's thinner. This is probably too thin for this hot a sauce in the absence of the shaker cap, but they've got the shaker cap on there, so that's going to keep you from putting too much on your food. So that's perfect. All right, so we've got the ghost pepper, but whereas the other two sauces were predominantly ghost pepper, um, you can definitely smell the smoked habanero too. So it doesn't smell like it's just a ghost pepper sauce. And man, for no more than what's in there ingredient-wise, that's got a really roasty, savory nose to it. Those are really some nicely smoked habaneros. 
almost smells like pepperoni. God damn. So that's got some good roasty notes to it. Um, Appearance-wise, eh, you know, it's a red liquid. It's a little bit lighter in color, about the same in color as the Big Reds, a little bit lighter in color than the Hellhound. Like I said, you can see some seeds in the bottle. Um, you can see a little bit of a uh, little bit of particulate in there. Some of the different ingredients. So, <clears throat> let's find out what's what. Let's find out what's really what happened. And from that little sneak taste, I already know this stuff is hot. Yeah, that really, really does not have the cling that the Lucky Dog had. So I'm going to say the Lucky Dog was a thicker sauce because this is actually rolling off the wing, which is cool. And now, well, I'm worried about it rolling off the sauce into my lap, so... Waiting for the heat. It's building in. Building in good. Oh, Lord. Oh, yeah. Whew. It'll be a tough call as to which one's the hottest. This is really building in good. Mid tongue, back tongue. Not the front of the tongue so much. Really, really good burn. Feel like I'm starting to sweat a little bit. Let's see if we can get some more flavor off of it. Forgot my napkin last night. Always forget something, it seems like. Look at that. You tell me that ain't a good bunch of it. Try it again. Try to get just the sauce. That is good. Before the heat kicks in, woo, you really, really, really get the smoke. Um, you definitely get the smoke. I'm not getting as much ghost pepper as I did off the other two. Um, Three Kings and uh, Hellhound. The ghost pepper was the defining pepper taste of the sauce. I'm going to say this one is balanced out enough with the cayenne and the habanero that really the smoked hob is is the predominant flavor that I'm getting um, as far as the peppers go. So this one doesn't come across as much like a ghost pepper sauce as the other ones, at least in terms of the flavor. Um, in terms of the heat, again, I'm going to point at the habanero because the, the other two, I don't know, the other two both were a reaper too, so... 
anyhow, the burn is the burn is more mid mid mouth than front of mouth like the other two were. Um, it sets in. It burns good. It's not as hot as the Three Kings. It's probably heat wise about the equal of the Hellhound. Um, it's definitely a really hot sauce. You can tell I'm sweating. Um, it's got a good prolonged burn that's sticking with me pretty good. Excuse me, but um, I'm gonna say the Hellhound was the was the or not the Hellhound the uh, Three Kings from Big Reds. I've got to say was the hottest of the three. This is probably the equivalent of the uh, the uh, Hellhound from Lucky Dog. That's a hot daggum sauce, though. Flavor-wise, man, that's a tough call. Um, honestly, the, 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 the Big Reds, the Three Kings, was a really good sauce. I felt like the Lucky Dog had an edge on it on flavor. The, the Three Kings obviously had an edge on heat. I'd have a tough time saying flavor-wise uh, which one I prefer between the, the Lucky Dog and the Lava. Um, that's a really, really good, this rascal right here is a really, really good taste in sauce, absolutely. Um, so, I don't know, I'm not going to be able to call the flavor. I would have to sit down probably side by side and do some more. Um, but this is definitely a hot sauce. My nose is running now. This is definitely a hot sauce, no question about that. This is one where I would say it's too thick for the or too thin for the heat, but they've got the shaker cap on it, so I'm not going to say that. Now... And I gotta say this, my nose is running worse right now than it has for either of the other two. I don't know if I've got something going on tonight with allergies or if it's just the hot sauce. Man, my nose is really running. There's gonna be snot dripping my nose down my damn face in a minute here. That ain't gonna be no good. So let's finish this off and get the last of the sauce down. Mmm, that smoke, my God. That smoke is just it. Oh. Man, that's really good. So, really, really hot. Heat, I'm going to call it where I called Lucky Dog about seven and a half. This stuff is really, really hot. If you like hot, spicy sauces, this will not disappoint you. That last slug is really kicking in. Um, which is peachy keen. That's what we do it for. Really hot, really good flavor, a lot of smoke. Predominantly smoked habanero on the pepper notes. Um, that's really good. That's a really good sauce. So three for three it looks like. Um, and we'll just uh, cool down a little bit. Oh God. So I've spent a bit more time with each of these sauces, and I can definitely personally recommend all of them. As usual, Heat Hot Sauce Shop has done a wonderful job and picked a bunch of winners for us. If you like really hot, flavorful sauces, you can't go wrong with Three Kings, Hellhound, or Lava. And they're all made by small family-owned businesses, and those are the folks you should be supporting anyhow. Both Three Kings and Hellhound prominently feature the Carolina Reaper, and they both have a good bit of creep as a result. That lets you get the full flavor before you get slammed by the heat. Lava does have a bit of creep, but the impact is a lot quicker than the other two sauces, and you can thank the habanero for that. The hottest of the three? Three Kings is hotter than the other two, but it's not by a whole lot by any means. They're all based on super hot peppers, and it shows. 
I'd say that of the three, Hellhound definitely has the least aggressive burn and the least burn intensity by a bit. Most balanced sauce is going to go to Hellhound. In practice, the complex fruit bill works out masterfully played against the acidity and the roasted garlic. And again, the burn's not quite as aggressive as the other two sauces, so there's a bit more balance between heat and flavor, too. For best flavor, I'm going to pick Lava, and it's because of the smoked habanero and the cayenne, and they work together to push the ghost pepper flavor into the background. I've said before I'm not the biggest fan of those ghost pepper flavor notes, and a lot of times that's what sticks out front, but not in this case. And I'm going to say, for having such a straightforward ingredient list, Lava is a really tasty sauce, and that's impressive. Closing out the hot sauce segment, I want to thank Big Reds, Lucky Dog, and Volcanic Peppers, all three, for making such great hot sauces and for helping with images for the show. And I want to thank Heat Hot Sauce Shop for consistently providing a well-curated monthly selection of sauces. And now, about that music video. So last episode, we briefly looked at new songs from Red Dead and AJ Nemesis, and as usual, we did that in the form of video clips. Those two were the first time I've used pan and zoom animation for music clips, and I really was pleased with how they turned out. So this time, I decided to tackle an entire song using pan and zoom animation, and I'm as happy as could be with the results, both in terms of the composition and the actual execution. I figured out some really slick ways to do what I wanted, in particular using full-length crossfades of stacked images to simulate custom video effects that I don't have access to and that probably don't even exist. I've been editing images in Photoshop and GIMP for years. If I can see it in my head, I can pretty much make it happen in either of those pieces of software. So I just created starting and ending images for the sequences that I wanted, and I let the editor, the video editor, do the hard part, which is morphing between the two. And like I said, I did that just with crossfades and stacked images. And I have to say, with less than two years of video editing experience, I am really pleased to have gotten to the point that I can imagine an abstract storyline and then create it from scratch. I will say my metaphors here are a bit heavy-handed, but I'm limited to working with public domain images for copyright reasons, and taking that into account, I'm actually quite pleased with the result. The song itself could not be a better one. It's from Grave Ripper's debut EP, Complete Blinding Darkness, and it's a 2 minute and 37 second ass kicker called Bite of a Parasite. It's a five-verse ripper that looks at the overarching parasitical forces that control and ultimately destroy our lives. Grave Ripper are from Indiana. They play a style of black thrash speed metal that lands somewhere in between Wraith and Toxic Holocaust, which, as many of you already know, that's right in my wheelhouse. There are a lot of great EPs out this year. Complete and Blinding Darkness is absolutely top five EP material. It's a hell of a debut, and these guys are going places. You can count on it, and you heard it here first. Complete Blinding Darkness is an independent digital-only release. It's available on Bandcamp, and I've put a link in the show notes below because I know you're going to want to buy it as soon as you hear this song. So without further ado, thanks to Corey and the rest of the band for letting me share with you Bite of a Parasite. Disease. I can be begging your duties Forever dying 
That's it for this episode. Thanks for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed checking out all the hot sauces and I really hope you enjoyed the track from Grave Ripper. If you did, please take a second and give the video a like. That's really important and it's an easy way to say thanks for all the hard work that went into this podcast, which was a lot. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss the next episode. Just click the subscribe button and then click the notification bell. And that's the most important way you can help support my content other than giving me money on PayPal because subscriber count is key on YouTube. So, in closing, for this time, I'm Old Man Metal. Thanks again for joining me. If you enjoyed it, tell your friends. If your friends don't like it, get new friends. Until next time, keep those horns up high. Y'all take care. Old Man Metal's Musings. All material depicted is the intellectual property of the copyright holders. Any resemblance to actual persons living or dead is a goddamn shame. Thank you for joining us. Looking for some new podcasts to listen to? Well, Rat Sound Review Network has plenty of shows to choose from. Like Rat Sound Review, where they discuss the latest rock and metal news as well as interviews and albums. Album versus Album, the King Diamond Podcast, with Wayne Noon, Greg Noggle, and sometimes this guy. Smack him a gob! Ralph Vieira is also on our network with the Vieira Vault. There's also Old Man Metal's Musings, where he discusses heavy metal and beer. Music is Life with Lou Mavs. The Right Opinion for Those Who Love Politics, a South Park podcast called Suck My Balls. 
The Infinite Fringe. I watched a long wrestling show called Beyond Bushido, Extradivarius Guitarist, the Timo Tolki Podcast, and the Great Harry Barnett with I Don't Even Like Podcast and the Laughcast. So check out RatsoundReview.com or search RatsoundReview on YouTube, Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and more.